As we can see, um, things are a, a little bit different this morning. We've got a, a bit of a lounge room set up on the stage. And uh, the reason for that is I'm actually not speaking for overly long this morning. Uh, what's going to happen is I'm going to give a... I got some... Last week was a little bit long, I know. Um, but this, this will be very short. Uh, because we're actually having a, a, someone's uh, story um, that we're going to, to hear. And I heard it just a, a little while ago. And I thought, this, is, uh, this encapsulates so well uh, this series that we've been looking at, this series looking um, at faith. Just to, uh, to remind us, we're, we're nearly coming to the end, actually. Um, Graham's going to be ending our series next week, looking at, um, he's, he's looking at that passage as for, for, for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. And uh, this morning, we're in Joshua chapter 14. So if you've got your Bibles there with you, uh, Jeremy read it for us before, Joshua <clears throat> chapter 14. We're in chapter 11 before, and pretty much from chapter 11 right through to chapter 20-something, um, it's, it's a whole list of names and it's a whole list of um, working out who gets what land and everything like that, so it doesn't make uh, great preaching, uh, so we're, we're going to be skipping over a, a lot of that, um, but if you'd like to read that, uh, please do in your, in your own time. Uh, Joshua has, uh, has, we've been looking at Joshua's faith and the faith of Israel and what we have to learn, learn from that. And just wanting to recap just a, a little bit. Remember, faith is, <clears throat> is more than just a belief. It's more than just um, a, a mental assent. It's the actual, it's an action. Uh, so, we've got a seat up here. We've used this example from the beginning and uh, this seat, I, I can believe it holds me, it's not until I actually uh, sit down in it that uh, I'm, I'm expressing faith, in a sense, in this, in this seat. Now, I've seen people sit in those seats before, so um, that was a, a fairly uh, easy thing to do. I, I was pretty confident that it was going to hold me. Faith is uh, something that we do every, every day, as a, as in everyday life we put faith in things, but for Christians to put faith in God, it's something that we do step by step in the everyday things of life. And then occasionally, um, there will actually be moments that we will draw on that faith from, from everyday life that we're asked to step out or to, to leap um, in an act of faith. And we saw Joshua do that on a number of occasions there as well. We looked at what it means to inquire of God that uh, we, we don't want to be those people who uh, don't, don't see that we need God. Often, often that happens. Uh, Joshua was in a situation with the Gideonites and he thought that he didn't need God. Uh, he, he used his intellect and his uh, wisdom uh, quite, quite well and, and he had all the information for the, for the decision that he had to make, but he didn't inquire of God. So often we're like those people that that don't quite realise just how much we need God when we actually do. And if you remember back, I used the example of, of Levi on the kitchen table with the knife and the watermelon, and uh, he thought he had it all sorted. Uh, but uh, from a different perspective, he didn't have it sorted at all. God is able and He is interested in our lives. So He, he asks of us to come and inquire of Him, to hear what He has to say. To inquire of the Lord is to, to express our faith in Him. Then we talked last week about a future hope and this future hope that we have that God is coming again, He's going to restore all things. It, uh, it actually feeds and it gives life to our present hope. In, in fact, it, it, it changes the way we actually see our present life. I gave the, that example of uh, we were in the city and, and we got upgraded to that uh, really, really nice suite and we didn't think for a second about the... the uh, the, the lower ones that, uh, that we didn't get to see. So we're continuing in, uh, in Joshua chapter 14. And here we have Caleb. Now, we haven't heard from Caleb for a while. Caleb uh, was, was a fairly major figure in, in the Exodus, and, or there's a major story about him anyway. 
And he actually, he mentions this. He says, this is in verse 7. He talks about being 40 years old with, with Moses. And he said, I brought him back a report according to my conviction. So this is, this is talking about when Moses sent uh, some, some spies into the land. I brought back a report according to my convictions, but my fellow Israelites who went up with me, they made the hearts of the people melt in fear. I, however, followed the Lord, my God, wholeheartedly. So we're going to actually spend just a, a little bit of time just jumping back to that story. It's in Numbers chapter 13. It's a story that many of us know very well and it's a story that Caleb is reminding Joshua about. He's saying, hey, that land up there in the mountains, uh, that was actually promised to me and I, I want to go up there. He was 85 at this time and I have faith that God will deliver it into my hands just like he did some 40, just like he promised some 45 years ago. So Numbers chapter 13, we're going back 45 years and the Lord said to Moses, send some men to explore the land of Canaan which I am giving to the Israelites. So here they're, they're reminded that, that God is giving them the land and Moses gives them this, this command. He says, go up to the hill country and see what the land is like and whether the people there are strong or weak, few or many, what kind of land they live in. Is it good? Is it bad? What kind of towns do they live in? Is it uh, unwalled or fortified? How's the soil? Is it fertile or poor? Are there, are there trees or not? And do your best to bring back some fruit of the land. I like that part. Um, just a little, little part there. In the desert, you would be, um, you'd be wanting some, some nice fruit. And they, they end up bringing back some grapes as we hear. They're there for, for 40 days. And after 40 days... I can imagine it. Can, can you imagine 40 days going by and these spies are out and each one of them is from each one of the tribes and, and maybe you're a little bit worried about them. You're anticipating, what are they going to say? Is this land a nice land? Is, it, is, there, is there people in it? Is this going to be a hard journey for us? Is it going to be an easy journey? I'm not, not sure if they planned exactly how long they were going, gone for, but 40 days would have seemed like a long time to the Israelites. They come back with this report and they said, we went into the land which you, which you sent us and it does flow with milk and honey. This is just a, pretty much you saying, you know, this, um, this land, it's, it's as good as God has said it would be. But the people who live in there, they're powerful and their cities are fortified and very, very large. At this, the people start to threat and uh, they start to, in a sense, uh, re rebel against and say, we, we, there's no way that we can go into this land. Uh, we, will be, we will be crushed. They give some more reports and, and they said, I love this part, and, and remember this because we're going to come back to this. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes and we looked the same to them. When you ha think of that, grasshoppers... You're thinking uh, weak, annoying creatures that you can squash. Um, that's basically what they're saying. But here we see the faith of Caleb. The land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into the land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and he will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will devour them. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. I was thinking about that little word, grasshopper, there. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. That's a, uh, a bottom-up looking it's, it's looking from, at, at a situation or at a people from the bottom up. And, uh, and, and, in, and what they were saying is, is we, we, we look so small in relation to this enormous task. We look so small in relation to these uh, scary and fierce people. 
Now, I was looking uh, at, the, at the Hebrew there for grasshopper, and uh, basically what it means is grasshopper. Um, so, not much there. But I looked at where else it's written, and uh, it's interesting. It's actually found in Isaiah. So, I want to take us over to Isaiah. In Isaiah 40, and uh, I'm going to skip through fast here because I don't want to miss out on the next part. Uh, in Isaiah 40, it, it goes through a whole, a whole amazing chapter about the amazingness of God. It's the chapter that says, Who measured the waters in the hollows of His hand, or weighed the mountains in the scales? It says, With whom? Will then you compare our God? Uh, it goes through all of this, looking, talking about how great our God is. Listen to this. Have you not understood, since the earth was founded, He sits enthroned above the circle of the earth, and His people are like grasshoppers. His people are like grasshoppers. From God's perspective, everybody is like grasshoppers, in a sense. Now, now, I want to take this because there's a, there's a way to look at the world and there's a way to look at it like the 10 spies that said, no, we can't go in there and they're looking at the world from bottom up. But there's a way to look at it like Joshua and that's top down. It's, it's from God's perspective. And everything changes when we look at the world, when we get up to where God is looking at the world. And it gave them faith. They said, let's, let's go. If, if the Lord has given it to us, then let's go. It's a top-down perspective. It's a, it's a perspective of faith. How we, how we think about God and how we perceive God, it shapes so much how we think about everything in life. Everything in life is shaped by the way that we see and perceive of God. Remember being, I think, I think Layla was about two years old, and uh, we, we went to Australia Zoo. If you know Australia Zoo, there's this little part, there's kangaroos all around the place, but there's this little part where there's kangaroos and they have their joeys, and uh, I think they're, they're grey kangaroos, and you can actually go down and you can feed them. Uh, well, she was, was she about two years old, three years old? Young. Oh, 18 months, there we go. So... <laughs> That's very precise, isn't it? 18 months, yes. Um, two. Um, <laughs> so, she was there, and uh, I was being a great dad, and uh, we, were, we were feeding these, these uh, kangaroos, and uh, she was getting in a little bag and feeding it to her, her, the kangaroo, and the kangaroo started to get a little bit annoyed, um, that she was being so slow. So I was kind of a, a little bit far away because another kangaroo came along and I was starting to pat that. And it had its nose in the bag trying to kind of take it off her and she was pulling it back. And this little kangaroo, it grabs her. Do you know how they've got those little arms? It grabs her with the little arms and then goes to kick her. Um, now, she didn't really know what was going on, but she was, she was frightened. Uh, this kangaroo was stealing her food it was grabbing her with its arms, and uh, I'm not sure if it actually kicked her. Uh, I didn't ask her if I could tell this story, but anyway. <laughs> but what I did is I picked her up and I put her on my shoulders. And uh, her little body just relaxed because she was seeing the situation, she was seeing this kangaroos from daddy's perspective. And uh, those kangaroos don't look so scary from daddy's perspective. Same kangaroos, but now they look like grasshoppers instead of before her looking like a grasshopper. That's what happens when we look at things from God's perspective. It changes the way we do life. It's a life of faith. So I want to encourage us to, to, to climb up on the shoulders of our Heavenly Father and look at situations that we come across from God's perspective and see what He has to say into them. We're going to invite um, Prince up now, and uh, this is a story of, uh, they're going to tell something, a bit of a story of their life, of, um, and I was thinking about Prince, it's, it, it's, uh, it's very much like you've climbed up 
on the shoulders of the Heavenly Father to see, um, see situations in life and to, to respond in faith. So, Prince, could you come up? Uh, let's welcome Prince. Um, we might sit up. You can have the comfy couch or the comfy seat. And the green one. I'm going to pray first of all. Heavenly Father, we, we come before you now and Lord, we, we thank you for this reminder of uh, Caleb that had such faith in you because of what you can do. Lord, he, he climbed up from your perspective and, and saw what, what you can do. So Lord, we want to do that in our lives. We want to be a church that does that. So Father, with this conversation right here, we pray that you would, uh, you would speak to us that, uh, that you would breathe on the words that have been said and that you would speak directly to our hearts and encourage us in our journey of faith, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to in, in, uh, introduce Prince to you. Uh, Prince is here with his lovely wife, Manju, um, as, as well. And they have two kids, Joshua and Jace, Jason. Jason, got it right. Jason is the oldest, though, and uh, Joshua. Joshua just finished school, so just finished grade 12. Um, so it's a, it's a new life for you guys. Yeah, it's, it is. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they're <clears throat> actually from Sri Lanka uh, originally. And I, I spent... They've been at our church for probably about two years now. And just the other day, I spent uh, probably a few hours at your house hearing something of your story and there was just something in me that says, oh, we, we need to hear that as a, as a church, um, especially in this series. So, um, before we start, what I might do is I might just show a very quick video sure. of your hometown yeah. uh, candy yeah. and then uh, I'll hand it over to you, to you Prince. So that was candy? Yes, right. Okay, yes. good, good. I got that <laughs> off the internet and I thought that'd be terrible if it wasn't. Um, <laughs> can, you, uh, can you just tell us a, a little bit about your story? So yeah, you met sure. your wife in, sure. in candy? Yeah. Um, can, yeah. yeah. First of all, uh, I never knew you were going to wear the same sort of outfit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's also coincidence, okay. So, yeah. I think it's the same shirt, same you know. Shirt, really. yep. Love came out <laughs> Target, great. <laughs> okay. So, uh, thank you, um, Andrew and uh, Church. Uh, first of all, I want to say that uh, whatever I shared with you and whatever has happened in our lives, it's purely God's grace and His goodness. There is nothing good in me or my wife or our lives. Uh, we are the worst sinners and... Uh, <laughs> But he loves us, and uh, he has been taking us through so many paths and so many different ways to bring us closer uh, day by day. To uh, give an introduction, um, <clears throat> I was born 53 years ago to a Catholic family, and a very strong Catholic family. I got some um, uncles and aunts who are, became priests and bishops, and you know, so... Yeah, we are the part of the family, and we're growing up, and so much so. And um, at one point, I want to become a priest, and I was involved in the church very heavily and uh, very zealous to the church. And um, I would, just like Saul becoming Paul, I would like uh, would uh, often mock the born again church, the Baptists and the Pentecostals. So they are, these are these guys are crazy. These guys don't know the true God. It's the Catholic Church is the is the is the right church, and uh, 
Peter is the one who established it and all sort of bragging and, and going on and on. And, uh, but um, I used to despise them. And, uh, but here I am. <laughs> uh, Lord has brought uh, such a way uh, turn around in my life. So, um, yeah, so as I was growing, um, attending sometimes the seminary hours in and out. Um, but then later, uh, when I left the school, started working, I thought, maybe, no, this is not what God has meant for me. Um, maybe, and one of the other reasons was my, my father was a bit of a tough character, and often there was quarreling in the house. And I thought marriage life is not for me. And that is one way of running away from that scenario, <laughs> try to find comfort in the church. And, um, but then I get, no, maybe I should face this. I should, um, I, I, I'll pray. I, I'll ask God, Lord, if it is the will that I should get married, show me the person that I should uh, get married to. It so happened, uh, my wife, uh, when she was around 12, 13 years old, uh, they stayed in our house. We had an annex, and um, uh, they stayed there for a few uh, months. And so we knew each other from our childhood. Then they moved out. And then after praying that prayer, one day I thought, I'll just go and see them, you know, uh, how they are doing, because I haven't seen them for a while. And then I came to know that Lord has saved her and that she was attending a born-again church up in Candy, And she was very zealous to the lord and the calling and she would attend all the services just like the youth i see here when i look at them how they attend the church and they love jesus more than anything you know they will give their life you know so so she invited me to church as well mm-hmm. now here again i'm in the catholic church playing the keyboard the mass the choir and everything and one sunday i would be here and the next sunday i would sneak and go to the Born again church. <laughs> so they do not know the other people. I don't want to tell them either that I'm going to another church. I would just slowly say, no, 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 I have to attend something and I would just go out or just stay for the mass and then quickly run to the other place uh, to see her as well. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't that ho- happen often? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So as I was attending the church with her and um, Coming to know the word of God, and then I thought, okay, what have I heard in the Catholic Church is nothing. It's very shallow. There is so much to it, and how Lord was speaking to us and telling so many things, so many promises. And is a God of God alive? Is He's alive? He's not dead. Sometimes we feel our God is dead, like when we were in the Catholic Church, but here it is alive. And um, so then. Um, uh, one of the verses that came into my mind and uh, what I, I heard was in First Thessalonians 5.18, it says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So when it says concerning you, it touches me very much that time and say, Okay, so that is the will concerning me is to give thanks. And God is reminding me even now, sometimes I get angry, frustrated and all that. And uh, she would often, my wife would say, thank God. Thank God. That's what, you know, God, God is telling you to thank God and pray. And uh, I, I'm in my weakness, I would get angry and, uh, you know, try to do things my way. Mm-hmm. But then at the end, I had to surrender and say, okay, thank you, Lord. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jesus. For what has happened. So, Prince, you got um, <clears throat> you got engaged to Manju, That's right. um, but uh, it, you really had to use that verse quite often because yes. life was quite challenging in those exactly. early years. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, we both uh, love music. So she used to sing, and I used to play keyboards. So in the uh, in the hotels and for weddings and lobby music. So we thought we can build our lives doing music and earn some money, build a house and settle down and all that. But then, as we were attending the, this church, also one of the things that some of the pastors say was, you know, you're playing to the world, you're entertaining the world, you know, you play to the Lord, give your talents to the Lord, don't think about the world. 
So that also touched us, and then gradually we gave up that. Now at the same time, so we got engaged. That is one of the reasons so that we can continue our music, uh, you know, career. Um, then things started to take a turn, and uh, as we were g getting closer and closer to Lord, the devil was also working from the other side. He wants to destroy us. He wants to put us down. He wants to um, harass us, you know. So there was a person who was so jealous of us, and uh, he started troubling us, and especially uh, my wife. He used to stalk her and uh, used to follow her, and, uh, and because their family very... Um, timid and uh, kind-hearted, they will welcome anyone. So they, this person would take the advantage of that and would try to um, uh, trouble them and uh, and sort of uh, yeah. So we had to. Go. I'm trying to cut it short because it's a long story. Mm. <laughs> there are many things happen. So, so this was it was it was quite a serious situation. Yes, it was. Um, you shared a, a number of things with me, yeah. and um, I'm not going to go into them no. deeply today. But they were um, it, was, it was extremely serious. Um, Andrew's yeah. life was threatened on on multiple occasions. Yes, yes, yeah. and and some of the incidents happens on Sundays, and while she would go to church, this fellow used to follow her. Or even there was one incident. There were about ten people in a van that has come and waiting at a point. She has to go through a tunnel to the other side of the city to attend the church. They want to grab her and put it in the van and take her. But they could not do it. The presence of God was with her. There's so much so when they came to do that, some power fell on them, a kind of fear, and they left her. So there were many instances like that when they tried to harm her or harm me, that uh, the fear of God came upon mm. such a way mm. that they would leave. And even the other people who come to help this person to do some kind of harm to us uh, would back off, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, <clears throat> so it was purely God's grace. And and whenever these things started happening, the only prayer I would need was, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So that I would say always, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So now, uh, so it went on for a while. And uh, there was some... Uh, police entries against this person and he would never turn up for these inquiries and uh, he would often uh, make false entries against us saying that we are trying to harm him and that he would try to do something to us to um, in his defense if that happened that is because of purely that reason mm -hmm. that kind of thing and often he would hide and wait with some kind of acid or something to throw at us while we are Going, uh, it would be be fair to say, wouldn't it, that um, the justice system is yes, uh, it is a bit it questionable. Is, in, yeah, it is. There is no sort of you can do anything. You can bribe the police, bribe mm. the uh, the courts, or anywhere. And and even if there is some kind of a, a court case, the next thing is the person will be bailed out immediately, mm. and he's out there again. <coughs> you were saying to me that a number of your friends just said. Uh, yeah. We can have this guy done away with. Um, yes, yes. Yeah. it was. It was so much uh, so that uh, at that time there was an insurgency. There was these uh, communist rebels and the government, and they would kill each other in the night. They would come and uh, uh, take them away. And next thing you'll see the bodies on the road, and they are burning on tires and that kind of things. You know, so so horrible, and. Um, so some of them came unto me and said, we'll, we'll, we'll take care of him, you know, we'll do that. You know, it's, it's simple for us. So I said, no, it's, it's God is who is fighting our battle. Mm. It's not flesh mm. and blood. This mm. is purely the spirits that are working. And, um, and because really, because I was going to that born again church, I came to know the word of God. I was able to face this and look at it in a different way, as you said, look from up, down, you know, mm. see mm. how, why it is happening. Mm. Because um, it is it is not this person, but it is the the evil spirit. The devil uh, works behind him and using him as a tool to mm. uh, destroy mm. us. Mm. And so, Could we move to the church, maybe. Uh, um, 
Could we share what happened in the church? Oh, yes. You, yeah. yeah. So then um, that one Sunday, um, this person, uh, so as usual, one Sunday I would go there and one Sunday into the Catholic church. I was playing the keyboard, the organ, and the mass was over. And this person was there, and my wife was there also in the choir. And he came with a, a dagger because he, had, he has been summoned by the police to come for an inquiry. And um, if he doesn't turn up, the police is going to arrest him. So he came with a dagger, that the, the last sort of thing, that he wants to kill both of us and stabbed us and killed both of us. And he also wants to uh, swallow some poison. So just after the service or the mass was over, he came with this dagger. And uh, then I saw him. I took a chair, tried to block him. But then we struggled. And then uh, at the end, he stabbed me on behind. And um, <clears throat> in the commotion, some of the nuns came and took my wife and hid her in the toilet. And, um, and, uh, and the priest, they all came and took me. And there was blood all over and uh, I, I felt there was sort of wet and uh, wetness here, and and I couldn't breathe. Like so, they took me and put it in a van and took me to the hospital. Uh, two different hospitals. One couldn't say they can't take him, take me, and to another hospital. And um, then this person also he has swallowed a bit of poison, mm. so he wants to suicide himself. But um, but someone has taken it out, so the police came and took him, and he was also in the hospital, same hospital, in another ward with uh, handcuffs onto the uh, bed, and mm. I was in another ward uh, waiting to be taken for the surgery. Mm-hmm. And you, um, it, it, was, it was quite serious, but the, yes. the, the Lord met with you. Exactly, and uh, it was, so, um, so after the surgery, I was I was in the in the ward uh, that was in the night, and it was dark because they switch off all the lights, and I could hear a few groanings of some patients in the. And um, I was gaining my conscience, and I was in pain, and I was I was I was crying, I was crying, and I was. I was broken, and I, I, I asked God, why, why did you do this to me, or why did you leave me? You know, I'm here, I'm trying to come closer and closer to you, and, and you're, you're allowing all these things to happen. And why, Lord? And I was crying and crying, and, and then I was uttering something, or muttering something I was saying. And I, I couldn't understand what it was. And I felt like a, some sort of a electric shock going through my body. And, uh, and I was saying these words, which I couldn't understand. But later on, I realized it was the Spirit of God. The Lord has baptized me with the spirit baptism of speaking in tongues. That I was speaking in tongues without my knowledge at that moment. And that gave me comfort. And that gave me peace when I was speaking in tongues at that moment. I never experienced such a peace um, in spite of this situation. And uh, yeah, so it was, I was broken. I was broken to pieces. But then the word of God says, it's good that the rock falls on you and breaks you. So the Lord can build you together. Uh, you know, uh, rather, you, sorry, you fall on the rock and it breaks you to pieces and that Lord can build you up again. So here I'm broken, I'm falling on Jesus and he's going to build me up mm. rather than he's falling on me and if I'm crushed and made to dust then he can't build me up again, <laughs> you know. So, so that was the experience that I had and um, uh, So, yeah. After that, uh, you know, Manju decided that you'd need to leave Candy because yeah. he was still out and about. Yeah. Um, so you, you went to uh, Colum- Colombo. Colombo? Yes. Yes, okay. <laughs> Which is the capital. Is yeah. it the capital? Yes. Um, and there you actually decided that you would um, 
with some advice, go to the Maldives. Yeah, that's right. Um, so, um, yeah. But you weren't married at that stage. Yeah, so, so we, we, we want to get married, um, though we have got engaged. So uh, after the, coming back from hospital, uh, we went and stayed with a, a priest um, in the church, you know, in a, and we told him, look, we, we, we need to leave the country and uh, we need to get your blessing, so to say that we have uh, got married in the presence of God. We just don't want to run away. So, and it so happened it was the, um, uh, the uh, Lent season, so there is no weddings or anything as such. So, but he got the permission from the bishop and he said, okay, we'll, we'll organize a wedding for you. So the, here we are, just two of us with denims and backpacks and uh, no clothing, uh, wedding garments or anything like that. <laughs> but within 24 hours, everything was organized. There was another person to help us and we could have a wedding in a chapel in a convent. So there was only nuns, no relations, nobody was there to witness the wedding, only the nuns and the priest and just two of us. So <clears throat> that we could take a wedding photo and show our children we got married in the church. And uh, so then we came back home as if nothing happened. And, <laughs> <laughs> and the next thing is for us to leave the country because we can't stay there anymore. Mm. So we, um, we, were, we were praying and then Lord um, uh, showed us the way that the only place that we can go is Maldives because it's just one hour flight from Colombo. And you could go there without any visa, just 30 days visa on arrival as a tourist. Mm. And uh, here we are with just nothing, just managed to save some money and uh, convert them to $320. That's all I had. So uh, can, can you tell me how much the first night cost you? It's about, uh, I think, $50. $50. So one night accommodation, $50, $320. Yeah. $320. And I said, okay, Lord will provide and Lord will take us. So so we um, uh, sneaked all our clothing from home. We can't tell our parents also that we are leaving because otherwise they won't allow us to leave. They would somehow have stopped us. And at one point they said, Forget about the engagement. You don't need to get married if this person is around. Just stay there. But we said, no, what Lord has brought together, no man can separate. You know, it's Lord who brought us together. Uh, so, you know, this cannot happen. Mm. So we have to make some other alternative prayer. So then we went to Maldives just with two bags and, uh, and the keyboard. So we thought we can play some music and earn some money and live there, you know. And... Um, so when we went there, everyone said, oh, it's very hard to find jobs. Uh, there are a lot of resorts, so maybe she could be in one resort, I could be in one other place. But we said, no, we are praying that God will keep us together, even if you are to sweep the roads. Mm. We will mm. live together, we will stay together. So the next day, uh, one of our, uh, we went and met another person, and um, we got some contacts through our friends. And uh, that we used to call him uncle and auntie. He was like our own uncle and auntie. He used to help us. So he came and stayed, come and stay with us. And uh, we went and stayed with him. And also he found a company who was looking for somebody to be employed. So he said, go and meet the so-and-so. Give your uh, application and see what they can do. So we went and met that uh, place. And it so happened the first day when we were walking around Maldives, my wife saw this place it's a showroom and she said oh i love to work here i wish i could love and it so happened it's the same place that we had to go mm. so when we went there but so i might just stop yeah. you there um uh, Mandrew shared this story with me that you guys were were young i think Mandrew, you were 19 uh, 21 20, 21 yeah, yeah at this time and uh in a, in a brand new place and Mandrew talked about going around and seeing the beaches of the Maldives and just this peace of God that came, came upon her as, she, as, as you guys walked around yeah. there. And as Prince said, there was this, um, this office and she just kind of said to God, oh, I'd, I'd love to work at a place like that. And uh, that's, that's exactly the place yes, in which she is. got a job. It mm. was. And then, um, so they offered me a job. Then they asked me, how are you going to manage with uh, this salary because the accommodation is so expensive there. Um, and uh, more than two-thirds of your salary will go for the accommodation. So how are you going to so I said, maybe I had to find a job for her. Then he um, gave her details also and then said, um, okay, we'll call you back in two days. So, so after two days, they called us back and said, okay, the job that I, we want to give it to you, we'll give it to your wife. 
and we'll give you another job, a different one. So both of you can work in the same place, in the same company, mm-hmm. and praise God. So he undertook and he provided us. And uh, now we had to go back to Sri Lanka because we were on tourist visa. So just 24-hour turnaround, <laughs> caught a flight back in Sri Lanka, stay the night, and in the morning, again, another flight back in the Maldives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so while we were in Maldives, um, it was a tough time, but we, 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 we um, Lord gave us grace to go through all the situations because there aren't any comforts, you know. It's all salty, uh, the water, the bow water is all, when you open the tap, you can smell the ammonia like, you know, the sulfur. And you take a shower in the salt water, and after that you take a fresh water, small bowl, and you wash your face. Otherwise, if you don't do that, after some time you will see all the salt building up in your eyelids, you know. So that kind of thing. So you can't use soap, and it's only shampoo. <laughs> Prince, we've... Um, yeah, dining we've, time. Uh, we've, we sat down yeah. for, for two hours, and, <laughs> and uh, I, was, I was enthralled mo- the whole time. Um, so, but how about, we've got probably about another five to ten yeah. minutes. So then from there, mm. um, so time came that we need to go to Middle East. So Lord took us to Middle East because um, uh, then again, um, I'll jump some of the mm. the scenario, the things that happened. And uh, uh, Lord gave us a job there. And uh, that was also a miracle because we were waiting for the visa to come six months. And that six months we were in Colombo. Uh, in and out of the church, praying and fasting. And that's the time the Lord prepared us mm. because the moment we start doing work and all that, we don't have time to pray. But that time, Lord gave us um, to come closer and closer to him and pray and fast and uh, learn more things and go deeper and deeper. Because then when we came back to Sri Lanka, at that time we man- uh, we got, the bap- uh, got baptized also in the immersion baptism. And we were attending the Pentecost Church, and the teachings and the doctrines are very deep, uh, like uh, living on faith, living on divine healing, uh, living a separated life, that kind of very deep uh, uh, Christian life. So Lord uh, taught all those things, and then he took us to Middle East. So in Middle East, um, I was working with this boss who brought me down here as well, um, and um, he was a he was a terrible guy. He's a very very uh, aggressive guy, and it's hard to work with him. Only so if he if he shows something and say uh, this is white, you have to say it is white, even though it is black. So sometimes uh, you say, ah, yeah, yeah, it's it looks white to you, but to me it looks like black. But if you say it's white, okay, it's white. So I had to go on with that, you know, that kind of. So the Lord was teaching us. Lord was molding us. And then it was nearly five years after we got married, we didn't have any children. And one day we got a letter from my mother uh, saying that uh, you don't have any children because you are cursed, because you left the church. You left the Catholic church, you are cursed, and you don't have any children. So we were sad, and we, we kept the letter, and we prayed, and we fasted and prayed. And so happened, within a week, she was pregnant after five years. Mm. And... Uh, Time for us to go back to Sri Lanka to see my sisters getting married. And here she's pregnant so we could go and meet all our relations whom we haven't met, you know, after we got married. And we can say that she's going to have a baby. <laughs> so it's a wonderful thing, Lord, how Lord was leading. Mm. So then when the time came for my son, first son, Jason, to be born, he was born on the same day as my father's birthday. So that was another thing. It was, a, it was a blessing, so they, he wants a son. And soon after he was born, within two days, he was so sick. Um, he was crying 24 hours and nonstop, and he, would, um, he wouldn't take any milk or anything. So, so we, because of the pressure, we were praying, but because of the pressure of the parents, we had to take him to hospital. So we took to the hospital, and they were doing so many tests, but they could not find what's wrong with him. And they were doing x-rays after x-rays, and they were giving so much of medications. He's just only four days old. And uh, then they want to 
put a needle through his spine and take some liquid out of it, and they say they want to test it and see what's wrong. Maybe his kidneys are not right or all kinds of things. But we said, no, we don't want to do any of those things. And we came to a point, we said, by faith, let's discharge him. We don't want to do any more tests. That's it. So we told the doctor, no, we, we have to stop all this testing, and we need to take the child, and we need to go home. So he said, no, we can't allow that unless you sign a thing, you know, saying that if anything happens to your child, we are not responsible, and you are wholly responsible. I said, yeah, okay, we'll sign that, and we'll take our child back. And after took him the, uh, home, and uh, we prayed again, and in about two days' time, he was completely healed. Mm. Completely. It mm-hmm. was God's grace. Mm-hmm. And time came. After one week, we had to go back to the clinic. To, they said, okay, anyway, you have to come back in after week, once week, uh, uh, one week time to see him. And when we went there, we were waiting, waiting, waiting for us to be called. Nothing is happening. So when they asked, what's happening? Why are you not calling us to see the child? Then they came out and said, oh, we can't find your file. The file is missing with all these um, uh, reports, all the x-rays, everything, the test that has done, it's, everything is gone. We don't know where it is. So they were scared that we, we can sue them, you know. So, mm-hmm. But we said, no, no, don't worry. That's Lord's doing. Lord has removed that file. He's not a child who got sick. He's a healthy child. So... We, we don't need to worry about mm. anymore. We want to go back. Mm-hmm. So we came home. So that's how Lord uh, undertook and uh, uh, that. And Lord was doing so much of work. Um, there also we, we did a bit of ministry work, even among the locals and even the Sri Lankans over there to share the word of God. And um, sometimes we get tracks and even you get the VHF cassettes, you know, those days we... we uh, video cassettes of uh, life of Jesus in Arabic version. Uh, we we can't give it to anyone, but what we do is we take those and we often leave it somewhere, like in a hospital corridor or or a pay booth, uh, telephone somewhere, as if we have forgotten. And praying that somebody will take that and take home and see it or read it, and will come to know Jesus. You know, so we were mm-hmm. praying, and mm-hmm. and we heard few have come through that kind of thing has happening and um, so praise God so mm. yeah there's so much and mm. and even for me to go back to Middle East at that time we were waiting for the visa but the, uh, only I got the visa she didn't get it so she has to stay back but there was no choice for us to go and then I I wanted to build uh, uh, make a, a private like a housemaid visa to bring her so I need money now as soon as I go there I was there was no money for us also so there was a um, kind of a uh, I don't know you don't call what get it was about, a bit like a, a lottery lottery I you think get, you get about 12 people and they put each one put the yeah. same amount mm. and um, the, you collect the money once a month and someone can ask for that and you get that money, and you have to keep on paying every month for 12 months. So somebody told me, come, come, join this group, and you can get the first lot, you know, mm. and ask for that money so that you can make a visa for your... So it was a, a, quite a dangerous lottery to be yeah, involved yeah, in. Yeah, happening. <laughs> so I'm actually going to... Yeah. What, what happened there is, um, is, is what happened is... Uh, went to his boss. Boss said that it wasn't, wasn't a, a great idea, and... Um, um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, what what happened is ended up getting a visa for for your wife. Yes. And uh, not even some of the top people in those companies have visas. Uh, yes. It was really God's faithfulness. Yes. Um, yes. So I I'm sorry, Prince. We've got um yeah. <laughs> we we've got so many. Uh, I heard two hours of just amazing stories of God, uh, just at work in the in the everyday stuff of life. Um, but also in these big leaps of faith that he, he, he called you to. Uh, we're so, so I'm so delighted that you're, you're with us still, um, yes. that God spared your life there. God spared Joshua's life too yes. uh, in, a, in an amazing way, uh, gave your wife a, a dream which let her know what's going on and, yes. and um, was, had, had the cord wrapped around his neck in, in yes. many, many times and um, God spared Joshua's life there as well. Just story after story of, of the faithfulness of God. Yes, and, indeed. Uh, we want to be those that, that live faithful lives. So I pray that this was an encouragement to you. 
I want to invite the music team to come up now. Um, Is there any last thing you'd like to say before I pray for you, Prince? Uh, Um, I don't know. God is so good, you know, and uh, he will never fail us. If Mm. you trust him, he will never fail us. And he will answer at the right moment. And uh, I want to thank uh, Mary. Uh, That's another incident that happened. We were trying to sell our house over here, and I was going through a lot of difficulties, and um, we had uh, two contracts fell off. And then I was so so annoyed and angry. And then I got this note in the mail. Um, Mary has written a note to us saying, how are you guys? You're keeping well. And then in that, there was a short thing saying, God will answer your prayer, not too early or not too late, but at the <laughs> right time. So it gave me comfort. I said, okay, maybe that is what it is. So he will answer our prayer at the right times to sell this house and then for us to move down to the coast. So now we are in the process of doing that, moving out at the same time. And so, yeah, God will answer your prayer at the right time. He knows the time. Mm. We don't know. And uh, so if we, if we surrender and by faith look unto him, he will never put us to shame. And mm. he will always uh, raise up. So I thank God for that. And that was certainly the right time. It was the very last, last moments that he answered your prayer. Uh, let's, um, let me pray for you. And uh, uh, yeah, Manju, would um, Princess just asked if you'd come up as well. Can we, um, these guys are heading down the Gold Coast. Prince works down the Gold Coast. And uh, the voyage has been quite, the, the voyage, that's a French word. Uh, the trip has been quite extensive every time. Um, voyage, uh, but um, so they're they're heading down there. So it's actually your last Sunday uh, officially with us, but um, you'll be coming up and visiting. Uh, so, uh, Father, we I just want to thank you for the testimony of Prince and Manju's life. Lord, we thank you that Prince is with us here today. We thank you that Manju is with us here today. You are a good God, and Lord, we we. Um, we thank you for these evidences of faith of your people that have been recorded for us in Scripture. And we thank you for one another, for, our, for the times in which we've uh, been called to step out of faith and we've been faithful to that and we can encourage one another. So, Lord, I, I pray that with uh, Prince and Manju's story that uh, it would be a great encouragement to us to live day by day, stepping out in the everyday stuff of life in faith, to be ready to step out in, and to leap out when you call us to do that. So, Lord, we pray a blessing over this couple. We pray that you would continue to walk with them. Lord, we pray that they would find a, a, a family that they, can, um, that they can fellowship with and, and, uh, and serve as well. Lord, it's a, a great privilege to walk together in faith and in the way that you have called us in this life. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yes.